The following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. Because this past Saturday's Torah portion, um, most of it has to do with, actually in the beginning, there's some business ethics dealing with him buying the, the burial plot for Sarah. There was a lot of discussion about that, and but we, we, we sort of touched on that in past classes. I figured it'll get to something more exciting. Then, later on in the portion, discusses... How are you? Good to see you. Which way? Um, later on, discusses uh, finding the... Has, as Abraham tries to find a wife for his son Isaac. Like all Jewish parents, Isaac was 37, getting up in years, single, older Jewish single. This is before J date, so uh, so he had to. He was getting nervous, trying to find someone. But before that, there's one interesting thing that we see. Why? Oh, yeah. We've never had so many. Uh, more coming. Thanks, sure. please. So, uh, so actually, we'll see. Mike, <laughs> um, obviously, the topic brought him, brought everybody out. Uh -huh. uh -huh. This inheritance part. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what happens is, as we're going to see, when Abraham sends Eliezer, his trusted servant, to find a wife for son Isaac, so along, um, as we see in the verses soon, along with the with all the gifts he sends him, he actually um, they explain that he actually had a document stating that bequeathing all of Abraham's wealth to Eliezer, to, sorry, to Isaac. Okay, so that was another way to attract a wife. Figured another, uh, another method was to, if he showed this, this contract to uh, potential spouses, that might get them excited. Okay, so, um, so before that, so we're going to talk about that. What is this the right thing to do? Basically, as we know, Abraham had another son um, named Ishmael, Ishmael, who was um, from his from Sarah's maidservant Hagar, and he also, as we see at the end of the parsha, has six other children um, from from Hagar. So there's a. Uh, How are you, sir? How are you doing? Welcome. Just in time. Standing room only. Let's, let's move over. Okay. Standing room only, David. So, One more um, chair. Great. Thanks. Respect them tomorrow. Where are you? I'm going to go get the chair. Okay. Okay, they'll bring them. If they're late, they got to stay. All right. So, anyway, so, so as we know, so Abraham technically had seven other children. And he gave everything to Isaac, as we'll see. But the verse says, you actually quoted here. If you look on the bottom wow. of the right side. <laughs> okay. You got a crowd in there. Pardon me. I heard you coming. Are you sure? We're going to share. Of course. Oh, this, is, this is great, Rabbi. Whoa, standing room only in your class today. Mm -hmm. We've got enough food. Okay, so if you look at the bottom right page, you have the verses. It says there. Reuben. I'm sorry, Rabbi. Turn me and then we'll. 
Rabbi, I'm sorry. Uh, I should have said it so loudly. Well, you're, I'm right on top of your recorder here. Apologize. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you need some more plates. I'm not, not going to be uh, did you get the email? <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. You got it. Gave it from now. Bay invitation on this. We need to stop vetting the people. Apparently. Food. Which one do you want? Whatever you want. I care. Fried, you look like a fried chicken in there. He's not a... Uh, mm-hmm. First mm-hmm. thing for the pasta. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, yeah, it's the pasta. Yeah, it's the pasta. That's right. Just pull on the pasta. That's all right. Just pull on the pasta. Here's the pasta one. I'm sorry. I pull on both. Okay. Rabbi. Okay. Here we go. Okay. 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 So it says, the Lord blessed, um, this is, um, Eliezer is speaking, this is chapter 24 in um, Chayisar, it says, the Lord blessed my master exceedingly, it says, Hashem berch es Adoni ma'od, this is um, Eliezer, servant of Abraham, is speaking to um, Laban, okay, is, who's the potential future father-in-law of Isaac, and he says, he became great, and he gave him sheep and cattle, silver and gold, manservants and maidservants, camels and donkeys, and then the next verse says, And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master, after which he become old, and he gave him all that he possesses. So the Torah clearly says that Abraham gave everything he owned to Isaac. And then if you see in quote 5, Rashi explains that to me. It says, Abraham had given his servant a document that bequeathed all of his wealth to his son Yitzchak in order that they send, that they, to send their daughter. This is wrong with the translation, but in order to, to get people excited, um, to entice them to, to send their daughter to marry Isaac. Okay, so the question is, is this the right thing? Um, of course, you'd say, listen, Abraham did it. It seems to be the right thing. But uh, as we'll see, there's a lot of discussion. Did Abraham do the right thing? Why is it okay just because he liked Isaac more, let's say, or because he didn't think Ishmael was going was gonna to be as righteous as we know he wasn't as righteous? Um, does that mean you can disinherit one son favor one child over the other child, is that the right thing to do? So this, there actually was a case um, recently in Chicago. Remember the case? He's from Chicago. Um, he, in 2009, I believe it was, there was a case of a, that went to the courts in, um, went to the Supreme Court of Illinois, which was a, a Jewish fellow, you see here on top. The case was this guy named Max Feinberg, very fine dentist, made a lot of money. Um, he died at the age of 77, and uh, in his will, he left $250,000 to each um, grandchild and great-grandchild that was alive at the time, um, or in the future. Actually, when he died, his wife was still alive, so she took over the funds, but the will was when she, when she passes on, and each grandchild will get this, this amount of $250,000 for living at the time. Now, in the will, he had a clause um, the court called the Jewish clause, look at number one, and it said like this, this is a quote from the will, it said, a descendant of mine, other than a child of mine, sorry, I'm still Go ahead, it's, I already read it, so. Yeah, can you share with him? 
have to share for those who don't know. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. 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 So it says like this: a descendant of mine, other than a child of mine, who marries outside the Jewish faith, unless the uh, in parentheses, unless the spouse of such descendant has converted or converts within one year of the marriage to the Jewish faith, and his or her descendants shall be deemed to be deceased for all purposes of this instrument as of the date of such marriage. Okay, so basically in his will he was saying that any grandchild who marries out um, or, or comes from, is an offspring of an intermarriage will not be eligible to, um, to inherit in his will. This is a real case, you can't make this up, it's too good. Alright, so this was, uh, this guy by the way, he wasn't orthodox, just for the record, he, he was a member in a conservative synagogue in Chicago. Um, and, and this is the will he left. Okay, so he had five children, four of them married out. Only one, only one child married Jewish. Okay, so four out of five of his children married non-Jews. Um, I don't know if they were married at the time or they weren't. Okay, so this obviously, has, if any of us has read the, uh, the last couple of weeks, the Pew Report that came out like a month ago, which basically stated the intermarriage rate um, amongst Jews in the United States now is almost, is reaching over 70%. Mm -hmm. Very, very sad, um, very sad report. Um, so that's why I figured this is a relevant topic. So again, the question is, in this case, this guy wanted to do something about it, so he put this in his will. Um, so he stated very clearly, and this, and actually the court, it was framed as the Jewish clause. Now his grandchildren, obviously, who were offsprings of an intermarriage, weren't very happy about it, um, obviously, understandably. So they, uh, what they did was they took it to court, and they contested the will, based on the fact that they have the court to So basically, based on this fact that um, it was an interesting law, they, they said that the will is impeding their marriage, who, who they could marry or who they can stay married to, and sort of forcing them to get divorced. And there's a, actually the, the, the two lower courts, the Cook County, if you see the, the um, first ruling, number two, on the bottom of page two, it says this is from the majority opinion of Circuit Court of Cook County, and the appellate court agreed with the grandchildren. They said the Jewish clause, and I'm reading from the, this is from the court docket, the Jewish clause violated established Illinois case law um, invalidating any provision that, quote, acts as a restraint upon marriage or encourages divorce, quote, end quote. The provision in this case before us is invalid because it seriously interferes with and limits the rights of individuals to marry a person of their own choosing. Okay. That's what the court ruled. That was the majority opinion of the... What do you think, David? We have two, two uh, attorneys, two non-practicing attorneys in the room. What do you think, David? What about that? Doesn't that sound a little bit like... Well, I agree with the ruling, but not the reason. Oh, the I would agree with the ruling that it would be a contravention of public policy. So if you change Jewish and imagine that he'd written a bill that said if anybody marries a uh, Latino, everybody would be outraged. So it's the same. It can be outraged, but, but it doesn't mean it's illegal. Exactly. Right. It, Being it, racist it, is not illegal in, in this country. Public policy. In most cases. So that the public policy is in River Oaks, 
deeds used to contain a restriction that you couldn't uh, sell the land to anybody um, who was Jewish or African American. Mm -hmm. Okay, so somebody quote, has that right, but the reason it was struck down is it was against public policy. But this is a private policy. Why wouldn't the court my have money? It's, it's to public policy. Somebody leaves, restricts their land that they that it can't be sold to anyone who's African American. Okay, so that's the same private. That's their land. They can do that, but they can't restrict it. They, they can't do that. Right. They, the, well, I mean, they could do that as a matter of course. Meaning Who's if they? Somebody, Who's if, they? if an individual owned a piece of property and he didn't want to sell it to you, they can't make him sell it. I never think it's true that you didn't okay, sell right. it because they were protected class. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, but may, I mean, you you can't not rent to somebody, <laughs> even if you want to. Uh, can't, you can't what? Say that again? You can't deny somebody access to a rental property because they're black or Jewish or anything. So I, I'm so saying I, that's I discrimination. So they're not so interesting. They're not saying discrimination. It's not their claim. The court's I said claim I, was. I agree with the ruling, not not the reasoning. Okay. So the court their, their claim was that uh, there's a provision in the state of Illinois. By the way, this is not this is a particular to the state of Illinois that you, that. Uh, any act that puts a restraint on marriage or encourages divorce is is against public policy. Against the law. He should have put it differently. He should have said that this two hundred fifty thousand dollars is going to be used for Jewish education of my children from kindergarten to high school, and the money will be directly sent to the schools. In, in theory, you can't say anything. Why can't you? Well, you, I, I happen to enjoy it. No, because they're not Jewish. But, but, that's, but that's, but that's, in other words, the family, if they want the money, they will force, uh, be forced to take the children to Jewish schools. And who knows what happens after 12 years. Okay, so let's see, so that was, that was the, uh, that was the, that was ruling number one. Okay, uh, the lower court, Cook County Court, yeah. What about golf courses? Oh, that's racism. That we're not discussing it. No, the question here is specifically as it has it to do with we're not discussing race here, we're discussing is the disinheriting a child. Racism is a beautiful thing. Racism is a good thing. No, so now we're not discussing it. Okay. So now this it then was appealed. By the way, so it's a fascinating quote from the uh, from a from the dissenting view on the court, a judge named Feinberg. It says like this. Max in in uh, didn't put a number there. Number two, but on page number three, second paragraph, it says Max and Earl of Feinberg seek to preserve their four thousand year old heritage by providing that upon their death. A grandchild who married outside the Jewish faith shall be deemed to have predeceased the test the testators. They had a dream with respect to their provisions of their will, and if you will it, it is no dream. Nice line. Okay, so basically the judge was saying they they willed their children to be Jewish. If they will it, it's not a dream. Okay, so they're taking making provisions to make sure their kids remain in the faith. And he this is the this again is the dissenting opinion. Okay. He he wasn't the majority. <laughs> okay. Now, 
Um, this, by the way, was appealed in a second court, um, an upper court in Illinois, which also upheld the same opinion. But then it went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court actually reversed the opinion of the two lower courts. So if you see number three, um, the Supreme Court ruled um, in 2009. By the way, this was in the courts. He died in 1986. So it was in, it was in the courts. 2009 got to the Supreme Court of Illinois, and they ruled. It says, we hold that the beneficiary restrictions, sorry, mm -hmm. that the beneficiary restriction clause does not violate public policy. Therefore, we reverse the judgment of the appellate court and remand to the circuit court for further proceedings. Reversed and remanded. Okay, so that's from the uh, from the Supreme Court. How are you? Okay, so he, he got his uh, wish. Right. So at the end of the day, the court reversed and reversed. Twenty-three years later. Twenty-three years. Later. Okay. Spent all the money. Exactly. Um, okay. So. <laughs> spent it all on legal fees. <laughs> okay, so the question is, so the question is, the question is, did Max Feinberg do the right thing or not? Um, we're not going to get personal. We don't want to hear what you're going to do with your kids, maybe, unless I'm in your will, but we're not going to discuss that here. Um, by the way, if anyone wants to speak to me about me being their will after, after class, I'm available. But uh, but the question is, did Max Feinberg do the right thing here? Let's uh, let's hear some opinions. Excuse me, why why would he even? No, ethically, more that? ethically, ethically, morally, did he do the right thing? Rob, what do you say? It seems ethically and morally that each of us has a decision that allows us to place money on our gambling where we wish it, whether you know if we want to send it to a liberal group. Or a right-wing group, or the the discretion is not public policy. It is of the individual who has made that money. The concept of being able to, in a great term, restrict that person, whether you believe in his views or not, to me is nutty. It's a bigger picture. Does a person have the ability to direct his to direct his money? Okay, so, so I don't think anyone would argue the person has has the right to direct the money. The question is, again, is it moral for a person to disinherit one child over the other based on on his opinions of what they should be doing with their life? That's I the question. See that? It's the same morality right. of somebody who would want to donate to liberal No, again, so it's, it's legal. <laughs> <laughs> it's legal. It's clearly legal. <laughs> It's, it's legal here, that's not the question. The question is, again, is it is it the right thing to do? I'm not asking about the legality. Clearly, the court's ruled it's legal, um, and, it's, and it's... Well, Abraham right. did that. Okay, that's the question. Did Abraham do the right thing? But is it right to disinherit one child or to favor one child over another in your will based on their religious standing or on their morals or, or, their, not, or their being a liberal or a conservative? Or one of them pissed you off the day before you died. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the question. So, what, Rob, you're not answering the question. You're avoiding the question. Of course, no, I'm not. Of course, of course you're it saying is. Saying, of course it is. Yeah, of course it is. Again, not, we're not asking if it's legal. We're asking is it is it the right thing to do? Is it favor? Are you saying it's the right thing? Of course, I'm saying I favor my child who married Jewish over my child who didn't marry Jewish. Not any one child. Okay. It's a difference. That's they don't know that it is. Just they do have the right. First of all, in this case, they do. Assuming they're all married, it's a different matter. Four of them had already married out. Four of them had already married out, as far as I remember the case. 
Okay, so again, the question is, you are. You favor, I'm saying I favor my child who married Jewish over my child who didn't. And therefore, I'm going to disinherit the other children. Is that a moral and ethical thing to do? Well, it's not the nice thing to do, all right? It's not the nice thing to do, but is it moral? Maybe one can argue it is the nice thing. It's Jewish law. It's his choice, though. It's his choice. It may not be the nice thing to do, but it's his choice. I do. It's Jewish law to disinherit your children? If they, if they well, go to school, they're I'm the rabbi. One second. Uh, my, okay, <laughs> when, one of our kids, one of my cousins married out. Billy Yurtz, I can't never talk to him again. Is that, so not is that the right thing to do? I don't know. Well, that's, that's what it is, isn't it? I don't know. That's but what we're discussing. Yeah, that's why. something else. Well, that's a different story. Well, that would affect it. No, so married that's, out, that's a whole different story. No, I'm saying, by the way, Yishmael was the first boy, by the way. Right. So I'm saying, so he should have gotten everything. And now Yitzhak uh, gave everything to Yitzhak. Okay, so, so by the way, so just, it is, that I'm glad you brought up that point. The Torah, by the way, and we're not going to get into that whole topic, it's a separate topic, does say very clearly the laws of inheritance, who should inherit and who shouldn't. And almost no one today keeps that law, just by the way. No one keeps what? No one, no one observes that. The Torah says very clearly, and later on, Deuteronomy, Pashat Kiseitze, um, says very clearly that, first of all, the firstborn gets a double portion. Okay, so the firstborn male in every family gets a double portion. That's number one. Okay, the oldest, not the oldest male. If the firstborn is a male, yes. Yeah. This is male? Yeah. So do I go back to my Jewish. father? <laughs> that's like a person. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is um, the, wi- the wife, wife doesn't inherit in Jewish law, meaning you, there is provisions made for the wife. She has to be supported by the estate for the rest of her life and handsomely, but technically she doesn't own the estate. Okay, the, the children, the male children inherit, and then it's also they take care of the female children. That's, so if we're going strictly by Jewish law, then uh, nothing to do with this. I mean, that there's major issues, um, halachically. Okay, because the Torah says very clearly what happens after someone dies. But by no the way, one, the, no one does it like that? So, there are, so the, there's loopholes, well, of course, like all good things in Judaism, there's <laughs> some nice loopholes. The loophole is the way it's done, and, and very few people know about this, but the way halachic will, someone does observe the Torah, the way it's done is you write a will uh, distributing the funds in a way that everything happens while you're still alive. Meaning, the will basically says, you know, a moment before I die, the funds are distributed. Because you can, you can distribute the funds how you want when you're alive. There's no, uh, you can do whatever you want with them. But once you die, technically, and the Torah says how the funds are distributed. So, the, so, so people the will write wills. One second right, die. exactly. So then it becomes like tax a issue. BS, uh, it's not BS. It's, it's just illegal. It's just like any legal loophole in American law. Your lawyer, is that BS? Not BS. It's tax loophole. Not BS. You're making a lot of money off that BS. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't practice. No, I'm saying your tax loopholes, right? Tax shelters, you're making a lot of money off the same. It's loophole. The same thing here. So as long as it's done. What's called mechaim while the person's alive, then it's then it's legal. But once the person dies, right? So then, then that becomes the issue of of halachically the Torah is very clearly how it's supposed to be given out. But we're, we're not going to go there. That's all. Qualifies a gift then. Right. So it becomes actually a tax issue because if you set it up like that, it then becomes a tax issue because once it's given while it's alive, that's why you need a lawyer. Besides the rabbi, you need a lawyer because if you do it while you're alive, then this becomes a tax issue. 
how you pay taxes on it. So. Mm -hmm. But but well, actually now you're right. Just so, would not be just for record, now they've, they've unified the yeah, gift and death tax. Yes. So the state's gone up to I think. Yeah, but, think but the, the, the limits have gone up there too. But but they've been unified. Mm -hmm. So you can give five million two fifty now, either by That's gift right. or by well, devise, and it, okay. it's How the much? same. Five, five million two fifty oh, by gift I... or devise, and it's all the same. Uh, well, even this is after death. Whether it's by gift, with tax free, well, yeah, each free. person may give five million two hundred fifty thousand during their lifetime or upon their death. And, and it's, it's a unit. It's you, unified annually. There's different. I'm not a tax guy. No, okay. there's, there's different. That's you can give fourteen thousand dollars a year to as many people as you want, tax free. And that doesn't affect the five million. That doesn't affect the five million two. You get over, they got reported, and that goes against the total. Okay, so so I still didn't hear any <laughs> any answers. So Max Feinberg, what are we saying? Do the right thing, or do you not do the right? Bottom line. Well, what, this isn't related to this exactly, but I mean, are you <laughs> no, lawfully allowed no, to give money any way you want based on like your kids' circumstances? Or well, that's the question. That's what, that's that is related. That's the question well, we're that's, here to answer little, today. I guess what I'm saying is making it well. making it more specific as opposed to just this thing about trying to yeah. So it's all. I mean, Can it's the same question. Do well. Here's related to he thinks they're not acting Jewishly, the fact that they marry non-Jews. That's his issue, right? That was his particular issue. But it could be anything. Let's say, right? You don't like that the fact that we're saying they have liberal views. They're giving to uh, Planned Parenthood, and you're not happy about that. But I think in this right. case, in this case, he is sowing, if they hadn't been already, the seeds of such discord in the family that after he's gone, obviously. Before, yeah, yeah, clearly there will be no unity that yeah, they will sure. resent, and so if if no matter what what happens, you want children to stay together because it, there's a bigger opportunity for some heirs to learn something about Judaism. It's very nice. Well, you know, throughout Jewish then for sure those four brothers. Right, and if you look wives. at the headline in the Chicago Tribune, Jewish clause divides a family. That's that's it. <laughs> if they were still alive, it should have taken care of before. I mean, that's not just to put it on the kids that they just don't get it. If the grandfather's still alive and they married up before, is that not something that should have been talked about? Well, he, he wants to see, keep his money until he dies. It, it might have been. I thought they were, and he said it was. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. We, we don't know that, do we? Or? Yeah, it should have been dealt with. And maybe it was dealt with. I don't know. And so he says now, he said then, okay, if you don't, if you don't do what I want, you don't get the money. And it's his right to do that. It may not be the nicest thing to do, but it's his right. Free will. Yeah, but it's right to do. It's his money. If his overriding goal in life is to perpetuate the Jewish religion, and he feels like this is a very important way of doing that, what is wrong with him? Why does that necessarily make him a bad guy for? So it says here, by the way, there were four grand, four out of there were five grandchildren at the time of his death. Four had married outside the faith. 
one married spouse who converted to Judaism within the allotted time. Okay, yeah, so they, they, did, they, just think they all married out. <laughs> 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 that's what he said. One converted within the allotted time, which is a year. Which is what he said okay, as well. He, 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 well, he didn't convert here. within a year. He says, he says here, um, it's interesting, one of the lawyer's name was Grossman. Interesting enough. He says, one grandchild claimed that Erla, who was the wife, um, had attended his wedding and did not warn him that marrying a non-Jew could cost him his inheritance. His claim was he didn't know. He, he, the grandmother never told him. She would have told him. So of course, they didn't say oh, what brother. kind of conversion it had to be. Could it, could it be say. So it's it's conversion. Like I said, he was he was uh, he was conservative. He he was a member of the conservative show. So I don't, you know, it doesn't say what the conversion had to be. Yeah, he didn't specify which show. Chicago. Chicago. Find it. I don't know. Okay. Um, so okay. So what, so what, I, I don't hear any consensus here. Is there well, a consensus? He has the right. He Lydia has the saying, right to do it. Lydia is saying right that he, he's destroying the family. Destroying the family is well. He may be. He may be, but he had the right to do what he wanted to do. Not talking about the right. Talking about is it the right thing to do? Is it right thing to do? The right and the right thing to do is two very different things. What? It was the right thing to do for him. From a Jewish perspective, someone come to me as a rabbi and, and ask for advice, what to put in their will. After I tell them to put. Jewish have existed in their will. Next, <laughs> day, do I do I advise them to disinherit their kids to marry out? Would you would you do that, Rabbi? Rabbi? My question. I'm asking. I don't know. Well, I'm asking. Well, can we ask you that? Nobody agrees with the opinion. Abraham, you don't know. I said that this Feinberg. I mean, in Dafka, he did it on purpose, but there, there, there could have been other ways of doing the same thing that he, with the same money, without destroying, destroying the relationship. Well, in but my experience, whenever it comes to money, you're going to destroy the relationship. Yep. No matter how hard you try. Absolutely. You do, how many families have been broken up over money? Go to a job, if everyone was designated with a quarter million dollars, and somebody didn't get there, where did that money go? Right, so, so that's really the same question. Let's say, let's say instead of leaving so the kids, this happens a lot. People, right, he gives it to charity. He says this is going to yeah. the yeah, synagogue. And all the kids are pissed off. There was, yeah, a, the there was a case in Canada, I remember. There was a fellow, his um, name was Joseph. Once There was another case, I remember, that went to court. A guy in Canada, I forgot his name. Big benefactor, big philanthropist, Jewish guy. And he left, when he died, he left like, you know, 80% of his millions of dollars to, to charity. To his, and, and, very, and he only left a couple mil million to his kids. And the kids sued. Um, and they won. Okay, they, they claimed he was seen on, Really? And they claimed he wasn't in, in the right mind. But that's another question. So it's a similar question. Is that okay? Is that a good thing to leave your money to charity? You know, most of your state to charity and, and, and not to your children. You could. We're not again. We're not discussing whether you could. Of course you could. What's the right thing to do? Is it moral and is it ethical? That's not what you could. You could do whatever you want. It depends. Because if you have if you have kids, don't know how to handle money. I'm not talking they're older already. They still have been maturity levels. They don't. The money's going to be gone. And yeah, I think it's like you don't put a stumbling block before the blind. So if in case you have adult children who don't know how to handle money or are going to do something stupid with it, then yeah, you have to give yourself a <coughs>
But isn't it their choice? Yeah, but how would he know? That's right. It's, it's, it's their money. It's their choice. That's why I said. We're members going. Yeah, but these kids right. are doing okay over there. I don't think it's still an arbitrary small number compared to the money. will get them in How to give my inheritance to my children. Nobody is immoral for not giving their estate to their kids. It's not. A, it's a nice thing to do. Right. It might be the so right, I'm not sure I'm not right thing. It's not immoral. I mean, um, unless maybe you have a, a special if you're, if you're causing family discord, maybe that is a family discord. I'm not okay. Fine, maybe, it's but not. I. Family discord again. I, I think it's that's in every family. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It doesn't say. I don't think anywhere in the Torah that you have to. You know, get along someone asked, I had this by the way, someone did come to me, believe it or not, someone did come to me for advice, um, who's actually a very multimillionaire, who, he, his question was, he has some people in his family are more needy than others, mm -hmm. so should he split it evenly or should he give the children or the grandchildren that are more dire straits, should he leave them more than the ones who are not, because he knows it's going to cause a lot of friction in the family. That was his question to me. And what did you tell him? Oh, by giving to one more than another. Yeah, but I don't you want the answer. No, I want to know what you thought. So, I mean, that's so he, his, his point was he felt like yeah. he'd rather not cause family discord. He'd rather keep it everyone equal, um, even though some people need it a lot more than others. Yeah. That was his. That's what he felt. Um, well, what do you think? David's not answering. David's being quiet. <laughs> what, <laughs> you are. He's not. He's not. David's not talking anything. But again, I think your, your question is morality, and I don't think it's immoral that to have that. So I think I'm going to say to you, answer your question is no, it's not immoral. I mean, we might, nobody might not do it, but I don't think it's immoral. Okay, so let's let's turn the page. Turn to the back here. So your question about if you want to give the more more one child, the more to one child than the other, because he's in worse circumstances. Did, what did people say? What was the people's opinion? No one's talking today. A lot of people are were being recorded. Ah. I'll shut the tape recorder. Okay. Let's say he's listening. Well, that's happening. Yeah, we well, come up in our family where with some of the kids anymore. And I think it's a, if we understand the circumstances. I mean, I know one brother of mine. Yeah, but no, when it comes anymore. to money, many times Even people so, don't I mean, understand. I know, I know the issues are going on, and say he needs the kids need it more, and there's multiple kids that that have a lot of issues. No, I mean, I think it's a lot different than just passing it on through and not having words said. I mean, I know that one of my one brother's kids got a lot of money from my mom, even now, just for Jewish education. During lifetime, it's different than... Even, even afterwards, I think it's the same thing. I think it's said before. Being honest is always the, the right thing to do. And on your other point, <coughs> so you think it's okay? Yeah. I mean, it's, if he should say... It's known beforehand, right? That's right. And if you, if someone comes to you, I wouldn't say, you shouldn't give if the question comes up and you advise it. But you don't, if someone comes up, what do I do? Well, don't give it to the kids that aren't Jewish. If the question comes up, it gets dealt with. It's not something yeah. that you need to talk, that you need to throw in someone's face. No, I understand the question, what's the answer? I'm not sure. So let's see, let's see some sources from the Talmud. <coughs> okay, so, so they're actually the Talmud and Baba Basra, track your Baba Basra on the back here, it says, um, it says, Shmuel stated, a judge should not preside over the writing of a will, which gives a greater portion of inheritance to a good son over a bad son. It doesn't define good and bad there, but, but it's basically that there's, there's a whole page in the Talmud that deals seems to imply, and the Mishnah says very clearly, that we don't, don't mess with the will. Meaning, you just 
we are, you shouldn't be the one deciding who's good and who's bad. And therefore, this son should get over this son, or this child over this son. That's what, that's what Shmuel seems to be stating. And in the Shulchan Aruch, by the way, in the Code of Jewish Law, it's, um, which was written by Cairo, this is around 650 years ago, it's codified, seems to be codified in the Gemara, which says, it says, one who leaves his property to another and leaves nothing to his legal heirs, even if they are not worthy, the spirit of the sages does not rest well, but the acquisition is valid. So meaning it's legal, again, yeah, yeah. The, the, the will works. <coughs> it doesn't, just like in the family case, as the courts rule, the will is valid, you know, but it seems to imply, and it seems it says very explicitly, but it's not a good thing to do. Right. So even though they're not worthy, it says you, you shouldn't be the one deciding. Now I have to understand why, but, but um, I'll right. tell you in a second. Assuming in the first case, don't pick which one son is better than the other, or behaves better, we're assuming that the fact of the, who gets a double, once the first born, those issues are taken care of. Yeah, well, we're not. Assuming we're after not, that fact. Um, yeah, we're not describing anything that's going against the halach. Okay. Meaning, meaning, obviously, we're talking about a, a halach. A will halachically, it's working. Now, I'm switching stuff around. Which, by the way, that's a key point um, you bring up. It's a, it's a good point. We'll get back to it. Which is that if you're going to change your will, you're only allowed to do it according to most opinions. Is if you're still giving something to the legal heirs. Meaning, meaning, let's say we're saying the you can't completely take away disinherit a legal heir. That's really what it's saying. Meaning that makes it more problematic. As long as you're leaving them something, it's okay. You can you can switch stuff around. But but still, it's saying the the languages in Hebrew. The words are ruach chachamim eno The sages don't rest well with it. Whatever that. I'm not sure what that means exactly. But they're not happy about it. pissing off the rabbis. No mess with the rabbis. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so number eight, um, which is the Raman, that same law, Ramaz, the Ashkenazic amendment to the Code of Jewish Law, which was written by a Sephardic, um, by Rabbi Yosef Cairo Sephardic, he says, if one commands in his will, quote, distribute the estate to the best beneficiaries, okay, so it means he writes, you know, he doesn't say who's to get it, just give it out, he leaves it to the, to the attorney or whatever, whoever to decide, distribute the, the, to the, whoever you think is the best person. Okay, distribute it like that. So it says, says the Ramah, there is no better way to distribute it than to his legal heirs. Being than who the Torah says um, is the right person. So don't go bring in other factors. Well, this guy is more moral. This guy has nicer views. He voted for President Obama. He didn't. Whatever the case is, right? He's Republican. He's Democrat. That shouldn't be a deciding factor. Okay, the deciding factor, he says, when it says, if someone leaves a will saying, distribute to the best beneficiaries, do it the way the Torah says to do that's what uh, Ramah says. Now, so now, getting back to the crux of the question is, what's the reason why, it's like we're saying, in the Feinberg case, why shouldn't, if this person didn't marry Jewish, why shouldn't I say, give it to this one over that one? Clearly, what we're saying is the Torah, the Jewish view at least, the traditional view seems to be that you shouldn't be giving it to someone based on their morals or values. That's what the Torah seems to be saying. Or at least not the Torah, in this case, the, the Talmud. Okay? So the question is, why not? Meaning, meaning, if I uh, if I think this child is the better child, and he's gonna perpetuate the my heritage better, my my name, so maybe why shouldn't I give it? To him? Yeah. I'm gonna say because it's it's the parents' fault that they ended up that way. <laughs> so, so well, that's I'm, that, I'm that saying that's that maybe that's an explanation. The rabbis are saying it's your fault. You see, he screwed up. So. You have no right to punish him now. At this point, you, okay, had, but, you had your but, chance when he was young. Now it's too late. You know, let's yeah, let's, let's you have listen, to deal with it from now on. In 80% or 90, 80% of the cases, I probably agree with you that it's the parents' fault. 
But not every single case is a parent's fault. No, I'm just saying that's an explanation. I'm not giving my own opinion. No, no, so I'm just saying. Thinking. Yeah, but I'm saying, but that's going to work for 80% of the cases. You agree there. There are some cases that it's not the parent's fault. It's possible. Right, yeah. So what the Talmud is saying, Rabbi, it's always the parents' fault. Is that God is saying it's always the parents' fault. <laughs> what the Talmud says is you should give something. You should give something. Isn't no, that what we're saying hearing? Don't, you should give. Don't no, disinherit Don't distribute them. it based on good or bad. Right. In other words, you should give them something. So all the grandchildren should have gotten something from this. Yeah. Yeah. Like and not been be disinherited. Well, well, it well, say well the Torah doesn't say equal. Again, the Torah says two parts. The first one. Gotcha. Whoever the legal is, right. don't mess with the. Uh, yeah. Don't redistribute it based on moral values. That's what it sounds like. Are we talking about children? Does this translate to other. Well, well I'll tell you a second. Does this translate to other questions equally? I think. You mean like giving it to Jared? No. You mean not no, just inheritance? No, like, like if you, you know, somebody brought up saying God for a, a child who's alive, which is. Yeah, so that's. Oh, the whole community comes in. And the whole community, um, you know, recognizes the passing, so to speak, of, of the child in the morning, and they all support the family and whatnot. And the decision there is obviously blocking off one child. So my question is, does this sort of logic translate? So to yeah, so I didn't say, the logic I'm going to say, I think, translates there too. So so the logic is basically what I found in the commentaries. Why they say this is they say because for you to decide about a certain child or grandchild. You never know. You know it's meaning that's the Jewish principle. You never know. That's the Jewish principle. Meaning that uh, you don't know what's going to happen to this child or the future. By the way, in the case of Max Feinberg, four of them, I think, two of them were, were daughters, or three of them were daughters. That means that according to Jewish, according to Jewish law, their children are Jewish. Okay, even if they don't convert. So all their grandchildren were Jewish. So they, so the ones, it's the right in Jewish law, at least in traditional Jewish law. And if the, it's, we go with after maternal, maybe what's the word? Maternal, uh, matrilineal. matrilineal descent. Yes. Okay. So matrilineal descent is what decides. Therefore, if the mom was Jewish, so these grandchildren are going to be Jewish. So therefore, for him to say, well, I'm not going to give any money to these children. Down the line, you never know what could happen. People, they might come back to the faith. They that's might. true. So yeah, therefore, that's right. since you never know, therefore, that's the, the commentaries explaining. And the Talmud, therefore, you have no, you shouldn't be deciding this one gets the money based on their morals, because down the line they might come back, they might, they might do tshuva, whatever the case is. Therefore, um, you you shouldn't decide. So that would, that that logic would apply in your case too. You have no right to say, well, this one we don't, it's over, it's hopeless. This case is a hopeless case. You never say that. You <coughs> what do you mean? I'm not sure you can't. Ah, case you're talking about the four observant for. people who say yeah, Kaddish yeah, yeah, over yeah. the child that yeah. married outside uh -huh. of the religion. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Then there'll be right, no so reason. So that, it's a very touchy subject. I want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Narratives yeah. is one thing, but, but Kaddish, I mean, there, there's. <coughs> uh, because it used to be, uh, I think there was a sort of a purpose. You know, you disown the child when they, if they converted outside the faith. Mm -hmm. It was very different. Um, I think today times have changed. That. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm saying that's that, that is discussed in the show. Today, I think times have changed. Where unfortunately, it's become so much. I hate to say it, but the norm in many cases, we, you don't just want to write write them off because there's there's ways to hopefully you never know. if you write them off, like we're saying, you're never going to see them again. That's true. If you don't write them off, if your grandchildren you technically quote unquote are Jewish. They might come back at some point, mm -hmm. as opposed to like this case, if you write them out of the will and they're they're never going to talk to their grandparents again, or their parents, they because they, they don't want to have any Ju Judaism because they get a bad taste. So that's the reason why you will never see them again, as opposed to if you 
don't do that, if you try to be nice to them, maybe include them in the will, that might work. If you're down the line, when you could bring back your grandchildren. Yeah. Are, are you saying bottom line that I didn't get to the bottom line. Jewishly, you're not supposed to uh, do your will according to your moral views? Is that what you're saying? Uh, you're not supposed to, to disproportionately listen, to get When it comes morals. to charities, it's something else. You can choose if you're leaving X amount of charity. Obviously, you can decide which charity is getting their will. But you shouldn't favor one kid over another based on What I'm saying is, like, just because a child has done something terrible in their lifetime or in your lifetime, doesn't mean you should disinherit them. Not only doesn't mean you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Says the sages were not were not happy about. Okay, well, did you ever get to the point again? I keep asking the same question. Can you give it differently based on different economic or other? I didn't. I didn't get there. Not sure the answer in that case. I haven't found. To be honest, I haven't found any sources. So I don't. I don't know the answer. Okay. Okay. At least from the Torah's viewpoint. Okay. So now. The question, getting back to here, so again, the bottom line is what we're saying is you never know, and therefore you need to be careful in what you do in your will because you never know. Don't you shouldn't disinherit someone just because you're not happy with their moral views. Yes. Now, what you're saying then, you can you can distribute disproportionately to any child, right? You can again legally. Not, well, well, actually not. I mean, if it's done I mean, I, in a halachic way, it's done. Some I want to give Reuben three three million dollars because what, what I want to give my rabbi two and I want to give my rabbi two million dollars. But I'm going to give Brian. I'm going to give Brian this chair. Oh, don't <laughs> be giving away my chair. Is that okay? Is that okay? They're your children or they're friends? I'm allowed to. They're my children. If they're your children, so we're saying that you got to be careful. That's what we're saying. You need to be careful in what you do. Because disenfranchising your children because of their whatever reason is not is not the proper thing to do. That's what we're saying. Okay, now, so now what happened? We started off with Abraham. Abraham did that. Mm -hmm. Bottom line is Abraham in this week's portion, he said he gave everything to Isaac because the verse said, right, um, right, what the verse say again? It says, Sarah, my master boy, he says he gave him all that he possesses. He gave Isaac everything he owned. Ishmael and all the five other children, six other children, he had with Keturah, with Hagar at the end of the parasha, got nothing. He got some gifts, he got, gave him a, you know, a few, uh, like you said, the chairs, mm -hmm. the dining room table. Gave him some donkeys. <laughs> he sent, donkeys he sent them on the way, right? Yeah. So what happened? Okay, until today, they're, they're actually still pissed at us. That's why, that's why the Arabs uh, have a hard time. Maybe. One of the reasons that he gave them Canaan, actually, they got the land, we got the land. And they got, uh, they got the oil. Okay, so uh, so the question is, what, so what happened to Abraham? We're saying Abraham didn't do the right thing. So the commentaries discussed this. Um, we found actually uh, like three pages of discussion about this. Um, actually, morale, morale of Prague asked the question. Many asked this question. So the two answers that I saw was one, of, the first one is that uh, if you look in Genesis 21:12, it says, um, God tells Abraham, for an Isaac your seed shall be called. So basically, God was telling Abraham, it says, listen, if God tells you, you can circumvent your will to change your will. Obviously, God gotta listen to God. Okay, that's number one. So that's answer number one. Is God told him to do? So even though technically it might not have been the right thing, um, but if God tells you what to do, sorry about that. Okay, um, if God tells you what to do, then then uh, you do what God tells you. Now the question is why God told him to do that. That's a different question. 
Um, but if you look at the second answer, it's even right. better. I, I just want to point out that the God defense has been used in many cases, <laughs> of all kinds in court. It's <laughs> rarely found to be successful. Okay. But please continue. <laughs> okay, answer number two, well, this was which the, the Skechemet says. Abraham said God told him. He says, yeah. it's even better. He says that Abraham's wife told him to do it. Okay, that's another defense that usually doesn't work in court. Yeah, well, that's, that's a different matter. Says, right, that's a different matter. In the, same, the end of that same verse, God tells Abraham, all that Sarah tells you, all that Sarah tells you, listen to her voice. It's a famous uh, Jewish quote, right? Um, as whatever your wife tells you, your Jewish husband, you got to listen. Okay, so, so this, um, this actually it says that Sarah was the one, as we know, sent away Yishma. She mm -hmm. sent, she yeah. told Abraham she doesn't want him, he's having a bad effect on the kid. And she's the one who sent Hagar with Ishmael away. Mm -hmm. And and Abraham didn't want to do that actually. But it says, um, God told Abraham, whatever Sarah tells you, you got to listen. Okay, it actually says, this is one of the ways we know that it says Sarah, the Talmud says, it's on a higher level of prophecy than Abraham. Um, and that's the reason God told her, whatever she says, you do. Okay, so women, as we know in Judaism, are on a higher level than males. Females in Judaism are always on a higher level. And uh, therefore, since Sarah told him in this case to do it, so therefore Abraham had to, had to listen to his wife. But normally, what we're saying is the norm, again, is not, is not to disinherit one child over the other. Okay, so at the end of the day, did Max Feinberg do the right thing? The answer is no. Um, he didn't do the right thing according to Jewish law, even though it's a beautiful thing. Technically, you sound sounds great. Someone's finally standing up, doing something to counteract intermarriage. But what we're saying is it still wasn't, doesn't seem like it was necessarily the right thing. And therefore, like I said, again, anyone who wants to speak to me about their wills after the class, more than welcome to discuss it. Yeah. yeah. For argument's sake, because of his, he's upset with it, you say all his grandkids have married out. So he's upset with all of them. <coughs> so Max Feinberg. So Abraham or Max Feinberg? Feinberg. All right. Okay. So as opposed to totally disinheriting him, he says, all right, fine. I'm going to give away 90% of my estate to charity. And the remainder is going to divide it by the whoever the descendants. All right, so they're, what, they're, what they're getting, yes, they're getting something. They're all getting equal, but they're getting peanuts compared to what this guy was getting. Now, is, right. that, is that a way around it or no? So, here. Yes. Yes, there is. So first of all, so we learned, so here, I'll read you, this is discussion. First of all, we learned that you're not supposed to give away, never give away more than a fifth of your net worth to charity. That's only if you're staying alive. Staying alive. Well, because you have um, to, so you don't go on charity yeah. yourself. So the point is like this. So, in, but but the concept, it's a good point. The concept is your family comes before charity. That's number one. Yeah. So meaning, as long as you're taking care of your family and they're going to be financially sound, <coughs> then once you do that, you're right. You can do. You can give away. You can give to charity. Um, again, this would all have to be an halachic will, which would be technically it takes place. During like during while you're still alive, okay. But but what we're saying is, once you fulfilled this obligation, um, then technically you can do whatever you want. Meaning, but you have to take care of what we're saying is, take care of your family is important. Just even financially. This is includes also in case I plan on giving all the GEI. Still, still. Yeah, applies. that's <laughs> uh, yeah. might be exceptions. <laughs> okay. So so there is by the way there is a it seems to be an argument amongst amongst. Uh, Authorities, halachic authorities, about giving away how much of your estate can you give to charity. Some say up to one third, um, some say up to one half. So there is a discussion about what's considered, uh, you know, leaving your family. Uh, um, okay, so 
when there is an opinion that says you can give any amount. Okay. So, so that's, a, that's a whole different discussion. Basically, you need to be careful of when you're writing will, how you do it, um, and, uh, and don't make disinherit sure you, your children. Yes, no matter don't what. Disinherit. That's just to spend it on them. Yeah, yeah there you go. That's a different matter. That's the no matter. But you don't disinherit. Lydia has the best solution. Thank you.